Last week, we had a bunch of ALPs out from around the world, people from Panama, people from St. Martin, people from Austria, and people from around the United States to learn about sales from you, Larry, and from me in the room right here in Long Beach, New York. What they weren't expecting was to learn about themselves in the way that they did. Today, on the podcast... Larry and I are going to be talking to you about some of the topics that we walked the ALPs through so that you can better understand why learning who you are and being able to sit in that space is the most valuable and powerful way to sell anything to anybody. Larry, welcome back. Thanks. You're welcome. I'll start off the podcast by saying this. I was recently speaking to the COO of another company with for whom I have a lot of respect. And he says to me, Sean, did you did you grow up poor? I said, no, why? And he said, well, because I can tell that um, you don't like sales. You're you're uncomfortable around sales. And I, I laughed inside and I said, I'll sell the pants right off your fucking legs right now if that's what you're looking for. I love sales. What I have disdain for is when people sell things to people that those people should not be buying for the sake of lining their pockets and expounding. Is that a word, expounding? It is. I don't know that you're using it right there. About how much money they have as a result of being able to sell anything to anybody. Mm. I don't want to be the guy who sells ice to the Eskimo once and then gets a spear through the chest next time I approach the village. Mm. I want to be the guy who, when I show up to the village, everybody lines up for whatever it is I have because it was so valuable last time. You follow? Mm-hmm. What do you think it was that uh, made this workshop so valuable for the people who attended? And I, 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 one more thing. I say that because when they left, they were like, there was life before and there's life after. Yeah, that was an actual quote. I know. Well, the first thing that stands out is I imagine they were coming for a list of all the right things to say and when to say it. This, this, this textbook play-by-play thing that they didn't have the clarity on or the completeness around. Right. What's the script? Yes. Um, And they didn't get that. That's not what we did. Instead, they... By the way, I just learned something. The reason this table is never in the same place is because you move it with your feet during a podcast. Please stop touching the furniture. Mm. Uh, What were we talking about? You were talking about what they thought they were going to get what they actually got when they came. Well, what, what they left with, what many of them not only left with, but had over and over and over again on both days was these total breakdowns of everything they thought to be true about themselves Mm -hmm. and a realization of what is true about themselves and anyone else that they're talking about. So they never have to know the right thing to say because they can be in the kind of place where the right thing to say would occur to them naturally. Right. What I thought was really helpful that, that I didn't plan, that I did not know you planned, was the way that you started the weekend was something I would like for you to know about me is. Can you talk about what that was and why you decided to do it? Yeah. The exercise was popcorn style as something comes up for Popcorn you. style meaning? I'm about to explain that. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Uh, popcorn style meaning as something comes up for you, you just say it. Mm-hmm. And then it goes from one person to the next person to the next Much like how popcorn kernels start naturally is, popping is, is, one is, at a time. Is this your back at you for telling you you moved the furniture? No, I was just having fun describing mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's good. So, 
so the prompt was something I want you to know about me is it didn't exactly go how I wanted it to because one of the prompts was going to be something I want you to know about me is which usually people respond with favorable things that they want you to know about them things that they're typically proud of well what did you open with because I feel like you should I didn't the f- open interesting the first oh, person right. set the tone typically uh, typically then it'll be something I don't want you to know about me is which mm-hmm. is typically something people are shameful of right or sh- ashamed of uh I let it go as it was because we were getting to something that was valuable either way. And one after the other, people were revealing things that they were either guilty or ashamed of. Well, I think I, now that I'm remembering, I think I played a major role in it staying in the, ashamed is the wrong way to put it, but the vulnerable place. Mm -hmm. Because the first person shared about um, having a financially scarce mindset Mm -hmm. because they grew up poor. And I didn't want that to stay in the room. I wanted it to be, I get it. You grew up with nothing or less than you would than you would have liked or needed. And so you have this problem set. Mm. Well, I grew up with everything that I needed. And so I have this problem set. Do not for one second believe that because you grew up with less, that you are the only person who has these kinds of issues. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to make sure that they saw the opposite side of it, which the, the goal the goal of the exercise was simple. Exposure. Mm-hmm. Exposure. Exposure Re- to what? Re- reveal Reveal the parts of yourself that you don't want people to know about you. Reveal the parts of yourself that are scary to reveal. Mm -hmm. The parts that if people saw you and understood you all the way through, you're afraid that you would be fundamentally rejected Mm -hmm. or that you would be judged negatively. And in so doing, a lot of the tension and fear, much of that whole wall just came down before the two days even started. And I think that it put people many steps ahead of where they otherwise would have been with respect to comfort and readiness to dive right in. I... Fully agree. Fully agree. What I found interesting was that it all started off with the vulnerability and then it got to like, it was it was equal opposite vulnerable where it was, I'm proud of the mm-hmm. way that I... For sure. I that, said I'm proud of the way I show was, up as a husband and, and a that father. That was harder for, for many people to share. It was. It, was hard for, it was harder for some people to share the things they're proud of than the things they were ashamed of. Because I think there's less things they're proud of. I also think it's because a lot of times people have a very hard time um, taking audit of the things they ought to be proud of. It's not that the things aren't there. Like celebrating the wins? Yes. So we did that for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. It was a heavy room and then it was a light room, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is interesting because you you were thinking about going the other direction. And I think that starting off with the really hyper vulnerable, which is the negative thoughts I have about myself and and my perspective, into the positive thoughts I have about myself and my perspective, Mm -hmm. opened the room up for a lot more. There would have been a third one. Which would have been? something I'm excited about or looking forward to is. I see. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I cut that one off because it just ended up with Well, it ended energy. up working. Yeah. So the importance of that to you, first of all, was that planned? Yeah. About okay. five minutes before we started. <laughs> right. Which is a lot of time in our world. Mm. So I almost took a tangent there. I'm glad I didn't. Um, the importance of that was to create safety in the room. Yes. Yes. I'm nodding. Yes, sorry. Right, that's okay. What was an indication to you that we had done enough of it and it was time to move on to the next thing? When everyone's, when everyone had shared at least one or two things mm-hmm. and I paused and I asked everyone, how do you feel now compared to 10 or 15 minutes ago? And all of them responded way more ready, way more confident, way more safe, way more energized. Right. All of those. I remember someone saying the room feels safer. Yes. So... How is this different, do you think, than what they expected? 
Because they, what, what you're describing is they show up and the first thing we do is we talk about what are some things that you want people to know about you? And what are some things that uh, you think people in this room need to know about you yep. because you need help with it? Yep. Is effectively what really happened. Why is that different than what they were expecting? Well, I think it comes down to what they weren't expecting. That was the fundamental lesson of this weekend, which is, I'm sorry, the last two, the two days of the mm -hmm. event. Because ultimately in, in sales, what I think you and I have seen and we continue to find and these all of these ALPs better understand now is if you can just be 100% transparent and open to reality and be, be emotionally grounded in leading someone through their own reality where others might shy away from it because it's, it's painful material that they might be too uncomfortable to broach with people, you're going to create the opportunity for someone to potentially incur more growth in 30 minutes of a consultation with you than they have in 30 years. Mm -hmm. How does the transparency allow for that? Well, there's the, the think about the expression, the truth hurts, mm -hmm. right? We, we even had a moment where I, I talked to them about how the reason people avoid going to the most important aspect of, of someone's reality, of someone's truth, is because there's pain therein, and it's, it's scary for them to broach. Mm -hmm. And anytime someone's in any position where they want any change in their life, there's a sale in order somewhere whether you're selling yourself on something or someone selling you on, on the change that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. The only reason there's change that you're looking for is because there's something that you want to feel better than it does right now. Right. So if you can walk someone all the way through the, the reality of their situation and what they want to change about it, which often involves really scary, painful things to talk about, someone is going to experience a more complete transformation internally in that conversation that's going to lead them to feel more empowered to make a decision about how to move forward. So let's stay on this topic right here and then we can discuss more of this meeting or this seminar, or this workshop in, in another podcast. What I want to stay on is what you're describing is helping someone acquire the clarity necessary to genuinely see their problem and their possible solutions. Yes. How is that different than typical sales training, which is agitate the pain? Well, I think that I think that in a lot of a lot of typical sales training like agitate the pain, you end up creating a situation in which people are excited and not with a positive connotation around excited. I mean in the literal sense of just they're so stimulated, right? They're excited to jump because they're just being poked so hard and so many times all the way through. Mm -hmm. They just move because the thing is brought to hurt, mm -hmm. right? More than it currently would. If something's living at a two out of 10 pain every single day, if you poke the, if you poke the bruise enough times in conversation, it's gonna be an eight, nine or 10 and you're gonna say, just give me whatever to make this thing stop right now. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a fear-based decision that ends up being a compulsive one. Mm -hmm. And I am vehemently opposed to anyone being led to become more compulsive than they already are. So how do you help them gain awareness without compulsion? you become their advocate. And when you become someone's advocate, what you do is you lay out all of the information that they're giving you on the table. You make sure that the two of you have complete mutual understanding about what all of these things are and the significance of each of them and how they fit together. And then you help walk someone through options that they don't yet see for themselves. Walk them through all the things that are within their control if they were to select this option 
all of the things that would be outside of their control if they were to select this option, what they might anticipate or expect that this goes like, ask, is that the kind of thing that you would be ready for or are willing to take on? And if they are, after they've seen their options, they get to choose. That's a conscious choice, not a compulsive one. Mm -hmm. The difference to me is intent. The intent of somebody who's agitating is to close the deal. Mm -hmm. The intent of somebody who's obvious To help the client, irrespective of who gets the money. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's some of the people who we speak to should not buy from us. And they should not even stay in the career that they're considering yep. pursuing. Something I'm proud of is that we tell them that. Yeah. And we tell them that at our own expense. And oftentimes mm -hmm. at our social expense too, because they, when we don't do the best job in the world of doing that, it hurts our social, yep. our social dynamic. You're reminding, you're reminding me of a conversation I had with a gym owner about a year ago who was on the last threads of the last threads of his business. Mm -hmm. And I was in one last conversation with him of many about enrolling in ProPath with us and so we can help him as a gym. And I saw two roads in front of both of us. One was, I know that I can say all the things right now to get this guy to buy and we might even be able to help him make some money in a mm -hmm. decent rate. And instead, I told him, person, I don't think you should be a gym owner anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that you should do this instead. And two months later, he closed his gym. I followed up with him six months later, which was three, four months ago. He's the happiest he's ever been. So that's an example of when it goes well. There are also examples where you tell somebody, I think that you should stop being a coach yep. or stop being a gym owner. And they take that as you don't think I can do this because we failed to deliver that in mm -hmm. an articulate way that they understood. Mm -hmm. And then they go hire somebody else, struggle for a long time and just stay angry at us. Yeah. That's happened too. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's worth that risk to be transparent with people. hundred percent. One of the things that I appreciated the most about how you, how you closed the event was when you were describing perfectly clearly for them to understand what it means to be agnostic about where a prospect's money goes. Mm -hmm. How our job, our job as salespeople is not to sell them on our services. It's not even just to find out whether or not we should sell them on our services. It's to take it to the end of our competence and readiness to become competent in finding out what this person actually needs, where they might get that, and then go out of our way in as much as we're ready to and willing to to connect them with that person or business or the person who would better know where they should go. Well, it's to sell them on taking action regardless for of what them, that action yes, is. Yes, 100%. And then making it easier for them to take it. And so the most inspiring part about that for me was when you were describing, imagine if everyone did that. Mm -hmm. No one would get anything they didn't fucking need. Mm -hmm. Everyone would get everything that they do need. Yes. It's, that's, it takes a few minutes to see that all the way through from all the angles of society. And if you walk yourself there, it's like, I don't, of course I have to do that. <laughs> I wonder what, I wonder what chat GPT or GPT four would say. If you asked what would happen to society if everybody, I'll tell you what, it would produce an answer in fewer than a few minutes. My slow ass, you're right. Human ass. You're right. Jeez. What I, what I hope that people took away from today's podcast is this short one is 
if you go into a sales conversation, if you go into learning about sales with the intent of learning tactics, scripts, tonality, the right thing to say at the right time, you're going into that, to that learning for the wrong reason. And you're going to come out with commission breath. And commission breath is when everybody who you talk to quickly identifies that this person just wants to sell me. Worse than that, by the way, the only thing worse than having that is that people don't smell it on you until after they've bought. Yep. And then they had the regret. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing worse than them smelling it on you and not buying. So what I wanted to come across today is that the best thing that you can learn in order to get better at sales is about yourself. It's about what you're good at. It's about what you're not good at. It's about who you should help. It's about who you shouldn't help. It's about who should help the people who you shouldn't help. The next time that Larry and I sit down together, we will talk about that. We will talk about how to figure out who you should not help so that you can be crystal clear on who you should and be able to hold the frame when somebody gives you all of the reasons in the world why they think this might not be the right thing to do because you've already gone down all of the other paths that might have been a fit for them, but it turns out are not. And you know the only place for them to get what they want is with you. By the way, if you like this podcast, forgot to mention in the intro, leave us a five-star rating, write a review, share it with a friend. Turn pro.